Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is usually a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, August 6th, and I say it's usually a daily show because we are currently in the dog days of the offseason, and uh, for the month of August, at least, we are down to three podcasts per week. So generally, it will be Monday. Wednesday, Friday, the best way to keep up on everything is to hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. This podcast today is also brought to you by the Locked On NHL podcast, which I highly recommend. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories in the league with the help of our local experts. Subscribe today wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow along on Twitter at LockedNHLBruins. On Instagram, it's the same handle. I recently uh, fixed those up so that they match. And you can also find me at ENC McLaren on both platforms for my hockey tweets, dad jokes, and the like. I hope you are all doing well, having a good week. Crazy to think that the first week of August is already down. Uh, a lot of people were sharing. Uh, photos, videos from Bruins development camp this past week. Uh, We'll touch on that a little bit, but what I wanted to focus on was Bruce Cassidy's comments from Thursday where he talked a bit about uh, what the lineup might look like with the new additions in the mix as well as without David Krejci. I'm also going to answer some mailbag questions and uh, of course we'll end with the usual news and notes. But Let's start with head coach Bruce Cassidy uh, from Development Camp on Thursday discussing uh, the loss of David Krejci. He said David is the one. He played a big role for us, sometimes quietly. Now all of a sudden he's not there. We'll probably realize how good of a player he was. I would expect a lot of Bruins fans will be in the same boat. We all knew it was going to happen or it was possible, Cassidy said, but now we're going to live it firsthand without that one-two punch. Now, in terms of who will replace David Krejci, at the second-line center spot, uh, Cassidy said the obvious choice is Charlie Coyle. He's the most familiar with our guys. I'm the most familiar with him. Allow the other guys to fall in place, that being Eric Howla, Thomas Nosek. They prefer to play in the middle. Nick Foligno is a guy that will move around, so that's probably how it will play out for him. He'll probably, he could start at the third line right wing spot. So if you're reading the tea leaves there, reading between the lines, it looks like down the middle we'll have Bergeron, uh, Charlie Coyle, Eric Howla, and Thomas Nasik, leaving guys like Trent Frederick and um, Curtis Lazar to perhaps play on the wings. Um Cassidy mentioned that if Coyle can bring some of what Krejci did, it will be a real good line with Taylor Hall and Craig Smith on the wings. That's where they're leaning, and we'll see how the other pieces shake out. Uh, He also did mention Jack Stanika, who's been working out very hard, both on and off the ice at Warrior Ice Arena this summer. Uh, Cassidy asks, how does he fit in? Some of that will depend on his growth. He didn't get to play a lot of hockey last year, unfortunately, 
uh, missed some time with the COVID restrictions, but he's also in the mix and he does look bigger. He's going to be really pushing for a spot, so we have to include him in the mix as well. Cassidy envisions, uh, you know, with Marchand and Hall locked in as the top two left wings. Uh, Jake DeBrusque likely slotting in on the third line, which could help the 24-year-old, uh, you know, get away from some tough defensive matchups. Uh, if Jake ends up as a third-line left winger, Cassidy said, he's not going to be against top pairs as much as he used to, playing on the second line with David Krejci. Uh, can you convince him to bring a little more in that regard? We have some new faces down there. We don't know a lot about them, so they should be excited to find their place in the lineup. So there's definitely going to be some internal competition for those bottom six spots. And if Jake DeBrusque, you know, if he's still with the team, come training camp, then he's really going to have to put in that effort to um, earn his minutes. I don't expect or hope that they'll try to jostle him around again from left to right. Looks like it would probably Nick Felino who starts on the right side of that third line. He's a bit more versatile that way. Uh, and then, of course, you'll have guys like Carson Kuhlman, Chris Wagner, uh, vying for time on the right side as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But the top two lines really seem to be in place. A guy like Charlie Coyle, Cassidy said, he'll be excited for the opportunity. Why wouldn't you be? You get some extra minutes. You're moving up in the lineup. A little more ask on the offensive side of things. Taylor Hall comes in and is excited to play. An elite level winger out there that has scored in the league. So yeah, maybe the second line will decrease a bit because of Coyle not being quite up to the level of David Krejci. But overall, it should be still an effective line because of the level of talent that is up there. So the first line likely will stay intact to, to begin training camp at least. Cassidy said if we need to drop Pasternak down and move some pieces around, then we'll look at that if it makes us a better team. Uh, and again, with the additions of Howla, Felino, Nasik up front, uh, it's going to be a versatile, responsible lineup, and they're just going to have to find the right spot for the new guys and see which of the players that have been around for a while slot in there as well overall with the forwards he said we lose david but we've made enough additions that we should be a solid offensive team that's the exciting part of this year we have some new people we're going to be relying on and we feel that they're up to the task but time will tell my ideal lineup would probably look something like you know the, the top line uh hall coyle smith uh debrusque howla felino and then the fourth line is a bit trickier, probably be uh, Nasik with Frederick and Lazar maybe. Uh, I don't really feel like Chris Wagner per se gives them the best chance of winning night in and night out. But you'll also have Carson Kuhlman looking to get some playing time, Cameron Hughes, Jacob Lauko vying to make the team as well as Oscar Steen. So it's going to be a, a pretty competitive training camp, I think, to see who slots in where. When it comes to the defense... Uh, particularly the left side, it could still be in a bit of flux to start the season as they try to determine which pairs work together. Uh, of course, Kevin Miller retired. Jeremy Lozon's off to Seattle. More on him here in a minute. Uh, Derek Forbort comes in, and it probably looks like Forbort and Clifton will begin on the third pair, although Cassidy said uh, Forbort could play up with Charlie McAvoy, you know, if it's a tight game they need some more defensive responsibility up there 
probably not able to handle the top pair minutes every night. Uh, we know Grizz and Charlie can play together. Cassidy said, didn't work out as well in the playoffs as we'd like. A lot of demand on Grizzlick, so we brought in a guy like Forbort that's bigger, different type of defender. So they might, you know, move him up and down the lineup if the uh, matchup dictates it. Uh, he also expects that Mike Riley and Brandon Carlo will remain as the second pairing. Clifton has a great shot to be the regular guy on the right side. A, because he shoots right, and B, because he's gotten better every year. Uh, there's not really much in the way of competition at that level. Uh, maybe a guy like Brady Lyle could have some uh, chance of cracking the lineup because of that right-hand shot. Yerho Vakaninen, Jacobs Borrell, John Moore all shoot left, but they uh, can play the right side, so perhaps we'll have uh, an offhand defenseman there uh, playing on the right side. In goal, Cassidy expects Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark to compete for the majority of the starts. Uh, right now, it certainly looks like with the work Swayman did last year, he was able to handle what they threw at him. And then Allmark playing in front of the team, does that change the way he approaches the game? At the end of the day, we feel he's a young goalie that's got a lot to give, some upside, put up some solid numbers in this league. Certainly room to improve on those with our group. So it's going to be new for Swayman to come in and potentially be the number one in Allmark, a new organization, having been a number one. How is it going to play out for him? So it's going to be some internal competition between those guys as well. In the past, it's been veteran guys. Yarrow and Tuca have been around. You knew what the expectation was. This year, it's going to be a little different in that regard, in a good way too, because they're both good young goaltenders with a lot of room to grow. So as I've been saying, a lot more uh, turnover than perhaps we expected with the Bruins lineup and perhaps, yeah, a lot of internal competition that will come as well. And we're going to address some of these questions here in the mailbag. But before we do, a quick word about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, football, and UFC. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's now get to your mailbag questions, and I'll begin with uh, Andrew at just you know why with three whys. Who's a dark horse you could see sticking with the team at any point this season? I already mentioned Brady Lyle. Uh, the Bruins have a lack of right-hand shots. Uh, by all accounts, he's been very impressive at development camp. He is only 22, but I think he is a dark horse to crack the roster and get some time in there, especially if there's an injury on the right side at any point. Uh, I could also see a guy like Cameron Hughes uh, sticking with the team. Uh, Oscar Steen as well both looked pretty good in their limited time with the Bruins last season uh, Jacob Lauko a bit more of a dark horse seeing as the Bruins do have a lot more depth on the uh, left side than on the right side up front so uh, basically if you are a right hand shot at either position 
you have a good shot of sticking with the team, especially if there are injury issues. I would love to get Zach Sinitian, uh some love there as well. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I would like it to be a thing. Uh, he's still unsigned. Uh, so we'll see if it's a one-way or a two-way deal. If it's one-way in nature, then he could have a real shot of cracking the lineup at some point as well. Casey at Protected Spells, uh, who's been on the podcast before, uh, asks, How, if at all, do you think the departure of Ladar affects the depth charts? And are there any goaltenders in the depth chart or from recent drafts you think could make a splash in the next year or two? Uh, I think it kind of speaks a lot about what they see in Kyle Kieser, for one. Uh, You know, he uh, had a lot of upside coming into the uh, pro ranks, played very well in juniors, and that gives them another guy to, you know, give some playing time down in the AHL and see what they have uh, in him. They also, of course, drafted a goalie in Philip Svedeback this year. Uh, and, of course, you know, they're looking a few years ahead with that pick. But clearly they saw something there. Uh, in terms of goaltenders from recent drafts that can make a splash in the next year or two, I'm assuming this is league-wide. And, and I would say Spencer Knight probably has the best chance. Uh, he got up to start in the playoffs. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky can't really rely on him that much. And I could see him getting the starter's job for the Florida Panthers at some point uh, this season even. Another question from your ad here at CM Caron. Do you think that Butch should try Felino at two right wing and take other teams to the races with a DeBrusque, Howla, Smith third line? I think this is a problem for the Bruins in general. The fact that they don't have, um, you know, a third line right winger who's a right hand shot. You know, the plan coming into last season, it seemed like, was to try to pair up Coyle and Smith and see if they could get some depth scoring from those two. Of course, Smith was bumped up to the second line and found some success with Hall and Krejci. So I think they'd want to keep that line together for the time being and then see if they can get something out of uh, Howla, DeBrusque, and uh, Felino. You know, if that doesn't work out, I'm not really sure how they're going to manage things uh, without that other right-hand shot unless they, of course, make a trade at some point or bring someone in uh, cheaply via free agency. They don't have very much money left. Uh, Like I said, I don't love having a uh, left-hand shot playing right wing. It didn't work with Jake DeBrusque. Uh, I haven't seen enough of Nick Foligno at that position to determine whether or not that's a good idea. But uh, I don't think Felino should be in the top six at any point um, at this stage in his career. He's a great uh, leader. He's a great depth forward, uh, but not quite that um, at that level anymore. Rob Sony at Rob Sony Sports asks, how much do expectations change without Krejci? I was looking at uh, the athletic uh, Dom Lecician put out his uh, kind of chart as to teams that have improved or moved back a bit through the offseason so far he had the Bruins at a bit of a net loss at the moment and that was mostly due to David Krejci like Bruce Cassidy said you cannot uh, understate Krejci's value to this team and we're gonna see pretty quickly 
you know, if they get off to a slow start, how much they will miss that second line center. Now, I should add, Don Sweeney here on Friday said it's still possible that Krejci could be back at some point. Uh, they would have to sign him before the trade deadline, and he'd have to go through waivers. I would assume most teams would think that, you know, it's not worth a claim because he would only report to the Bruins. But, um, yeah, I think expectations should be tempered a little bit without Krejci. If he had been back and with all these additions, I think, yeah, you could realistically say they were primed for another run. But without Krejci, no disrespect to Charlie Coyle, but um, until things are... You know, solidify with Coyle at the second center spot or until that is upgraded. I think expectations should be uh, tempered a little bit. Joe DiGennaro at Joe Luke Deej, he writes, Regardless how next season ends, could we see a massive rebuild starting in 2022-23? Seems recent contracts, forwards at two years, demon at three years, line up well with that strategy. Bees could have some mighty attractive trade deadline assets to sell in 2022-23. If you look at Boston's cap-friendly page, for sure. Well, first of all, it all depends on how long uh, Patrice Bergeron is in the mix. As long as he's around, you're not going to be rebuilding. But after 2022-23, you know, Pasternak will be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Nick Foligno, Craig Smith, Eric Howla, Thomas Nasik, Chris Wagner, all unrestricted free agents. Um, obviously, you know, Pasternak will be back in the mix, uh, but you'll have, and sorry, most of the defense is locked up until at least 2023-24. Uh, Taylor Hall's here till 2024-25. I think that, you know, two to four year window will be when a true rebuild begins for the Boston Bruins. Although, you know, I say that you have Swayman, you have McAvoy, you have Pasternak. Those are all really good pieces to build around. So I don't know if it'll be, you know, like a tear it to the ground rebuild. I think it would be more of a rebuild on the fly. Um, And yeah, I don't... The way Boston has been operating for the last several years... Uh, I don't know if we'll see them really, you know, move down into oblivion where they're back, you know, in the lottery or challenging for the number one pick. I hope. Uh, I hope they have enough uh, business sense to avoid that. Uh, But, um, yeah, there could be some definitely some lean years here coming up pretty soon. James uh, underscore Oglesby 78 is Lozon really coming back. And will the Bees swing a deal to ship DeBrusque out for Dvorak? They need a 2C that is NHL-ready and a solid producer. Krejci is going to be missed most on the power play. Well, Charlie Coyle is definitely, uh, you know, NHL-ready. Uh, Jack Stanika, maybe, maybe not. He maybe has more upside than Coyle. Um, the reported ask for Dvorak is like a roster player, a prospect, a first. Very steep, in my opinion. Uh, the rumors with regard to Lozon come from, from what I can see, uh, a report in Quebec. And, um, yeah, until somebody else starts to talk about that, uh, I'm not um, jumping on that report too quickly, but I'm sure they would love to have him back uh, for his penalty-killing abilities. If they could get him for a second-round pick, then perhaps they would do that. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm not really sure what's going on there and, and what's going on with the brusque, but the way Cassidy was talking yesterday, it seems like they're penciling him in at least at the third line left wing spot. Finally, my friend Chris Lewis, is Kasha a first-line winger or more of a second-line guy? He's kind of tongue-in-cheek there. I'd say he's more of a second-line guy. And if you want to hear more, I was on the uh, Locked on Leafs podcast earlier this week uh, and uh, talked about that at length. Thank you for all those mailbag questions. I kind of burned through those pretty quickly, but hopefully I was able to answer them uh, up to satisfaction. And uh, again, thank you so much for sending those in. I really do appreciate those of you who take the time to ask some questions. Rock Auto is the best place online to get all the auto parts you could ever need. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's almost impossible for your local chain to stock all the parts you could need. Uh, Rock Auto has everything from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. I was on there once to find a new gas cap. You can go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto parts needs. They're a family-owned business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices for every customer, and you can save time and money by using Rock Auto. Visit their website right now, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have so many delicious flavors, there's really something for everyone. If you don't know the flavor roster, you're missing out. It's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried any of them, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are they great tasting, but they're also healthy too. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty cool. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. And one thing that affects everyone is the fact that it looks like the salary cap will go up a little bit for next season. That's 2022-23. According to Frank Cerevelli of Daily Faceoff, uh, the salary cap will be $82.5 million instead of $81.5 million. The first raise in the cap since COVID-19 affected the league's business operations. Uh, delinking the salary cap from revenue and creating a $1 billion debt that players are still working to pay back to the owners uh, through escrow. Saravelli believes the anticipated increase when the NHL resumes a normal 82-game season uh, for this coming regular season could trigger a lag formula agreed upon by the owners and players in the CBA extension. So it will increase by $1 million each season until 2025-26 when the player's debt is expected to be repaid should revenue rebound strongly over that period. So if it is repaid by the end of 2025-26, uh, the CBA would automatically extend by one season to 2026-27 and the cap would revert back to the usual formula 
where uh, a raise in the cap is tied to actual revenue uh, projections. Now, that debt refers to uh, an artificially set cap of $81.5 million for last season and this season. League revenue was far less than the projected uh, results because of the pandemic, and it would have been significantly lowered the cap had it remained tied to revenue, forcing teams to shed salary, and that would have been impossible because most teams would have lacked cap space to acquire contracts. It would also have left a large number of free agents unsigned. So it was agreed that the cap would be decoupled from revenue and artificially set at this number of $81.5 million created an imbalance as the players were receiving most of the revenues. Because the CBA mandates a 50-50 split, the players have to pay back the excess via escrow to make the owners whole. So kind of complicated, but hopefully over the next few years with the boost from the Kraken, a new deal from uh, ESPN and Turner, um, and fans getting back in the stands, most importantly, uh, we'll get back to some uh, growth when it comes to the salary cap. Uh, Jack Eichel news. Apparently, he had created a Twitter account that has uh, been debunked as fake, even though it was verified. So that doesn't make sense. Uh, it was, you know, believed that oh, maybe he set up an account because he knew that he was going to be moving soon and wanted to endear himself to the. Um, new fans but alas it's a fake and he remains a member of the buffalo sabers um, and you know i really think at this point it looks like the rangers might be the team to get him but uh, really who knows what's going on there uh, darnell nurse appears close to uh, getting an extension worth 9.25 million as we look ahead to charlie mcavoy's next deal hopefully don sweeney can get him to uh, buy into what the Bruins have been doing with their players and uh, maybe some sort of hometown discount, but I would be shocked if it's anywhere less than $8 million for Charlie McAvoy on his next deal. In the offseason, of course, things can change so much, so I'll keep, keep it locked there when it comes to news and notes. Uh, of course, the uh, Vander Kane investigation is ongoing. There's the investigation with the Chicago Blackhawks that's ongoing that we can't ignore. And uh, I would uh, suggest, recommend that you uh, keep looking out for developments in those stories and don't let it uh, be swept under the rug by any means. Um, maybe on Monday we'll take a look back at development camp as we get some uh, more detailed reports from there. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend, of course, but uh, maybe we'll get someone on the podcast who was there uh, who can kind of, uh, yeah, give us some standouts or areas of concern from some of the Bruins' top prospects. I hope you all have a great weekend. I'm planning to uh, hit up Jungle Cruise tomorrow. Second time I've been to the theater. Saw Black Widow a couple weeks ago. Uh, but theaters are open up here, distanced and all that. So looking forward to checking out that one with the boys. Uh, my wife and I are watching Dr. Death on Peacock, which is pretty good. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to the new episode of Dave. Uh, and yeah, just... Trying to enjoy the vibes of summer. Might do some kayaking at the local uh, dock. I don't know what you would call it. Uh, we have a, a kayak place kind of downtown, which is pretty cool. Anyways, nobody cares. I hope you're all doing well, having a great weekend. Thank you for the continued support despite the, um, you know, 
going down from five episodes to three. It really means a lot that numbers are up over last month despite that. Um, and uh, again, thank you for uh, those who listen regularly and those who subscribe especially. And I hope you're all taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. If there's any breaking news over the weekend, I'll drop a bonus pod. But until we meet again, take care, my friends, and go bees.